For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Corey. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. The Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. So today on the podcast, I want to get into, you know, we've been, I'll be truly honest with you, we've been very positive about the Broncos over the last couple of couple weeks, a uh, couple months saying, hey, they had a great offseason, the draft was great, and quite frankly, I truly do believe that. But I want to step back and take a quick peek at this team and wonder where is the weaknesses for this team? Because I think they've got one major one on offense, and quite frankly, I think they have two major ones on offense, and one major one on defense. So what are the biggest glaring weaknesses for this Denver Broncos team Moving forward, that's going to be the topic today on the podcast, but I do want to talk about my friends at DraftKings, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And I tell you what, golf is here, that's right, well, we've got another full weekend of golf ahead of us, and even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash winnings, they don't have to be to add to the excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, putting you in the center with the sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Now, don't worry if you didn't uh, you know, take advantage of last weekend's tournament, here's the deal, you can get in on the action on the course, head to the app now, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is the place to get all your bets for the weekend tournament, including player props, day-to-day action, even hole-by-hole live betting. Safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Go check it out with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook and a special odds boost for a special odds boost for the golf tournament this weekend. New users can get 50 to 1 odds on the top golfers to win prior to the tournament starting. Of course, that means you got to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use the promo code MHS when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code MHS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. you got to be 21 or older and in Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit, re- deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. And, of course, if you uh, have any desire to see any details, DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, I want to start on the offensive side of things and kind of get the easy ones out of the way. I, I think a lot of people look at this offense and they say, okay, Well, your big weakness is very clear. It is up front. It is number 72. It is the tackle position really in general on the left side and the right side. And you really wonder, when is Denver going to actually find that franchise guy to plug these holes? 
we've talked about this ad nauseum and the idea that there are there were just not many opportunities for Denver to truly upgrade that position, I think, this year. And because they didn't, they got an opportunity to put a lot of great pieces around Drew Locke and, and also the opportunity to beef up that defense. So you, you did a little bit of sacrificing here to hopefully accommodate there. The hope is that you made the right decision. Now, obviously, Denver is going to get one more ride out of Garrett Bowles, and then this this thing will be ship has sailed. They will be looking at a new left tackle, and quite potentially maybe even looking for a new left tackle as well, too, if Jawan James doesn't pan out. I mean, if you don't get two years out of Jawan James uh, at healthy rate, I mean, I don't know what to expect from the guy. I mean, he's basically a non-factor on the team anymore. So... There is a lot to um, digest on this offensive side, though, because you know those are the immediate ones you look forward to, and that will be one of my named weaknesses: is the idea that look the tackle position is so critical because everything dominoes from there, right? With the idea that this offense is going to basically run or walk based on how good Drew Locke is. And this is an offense that can't walk when you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs or some of these high-powered offenses like the Buccaneers. You know, obviously with Tom Brady now added to the folding Gronkowski, these are some tough games to start out the year. I mean, quite frankly, even Tennessee, they can run the football really, really well. So you better put up some points. You're not going to get the ball back. They play good defense. But I'm going to point out a second glaring weakness for this Broncos team in general. And it really sits on the offensive side of things. But it's the fact that they're just young. The fact that this is a football team that is so young on the offensive side of the football. They are essentially all 27 and younger. From many offensive linemen, Garrett Bowles, Lloyd Cushenberry III, to the backfield of Phillip Lindsay, and of course the quarterback and Drew Locke. And quite frankly, Melvin Gordon ain't over the hill at all by any means. And the wide receivers, obviously, with the two rookies and K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton at the age of, I believe, 24. So this is, in general, a very young offense. We didn't even mention the tight ends between Albert Okawebana and Noah Fant. I mean, they got two years of experience. They got one year of experience between the two. I mean, that's uh, it is a really young offense. And I think we're going to say this a lot about the Denver Broncos offense this year. I think we're going to say they're one year away. I think this is an offense that is going to flash some explosive plays, uh, show you that this is an offense that can sling the rock around, can absolutely score at will, but are going to have misfires. There are going to be times where a wide receiver runs the wrong route and Drew Locke throws a bullet right into the defensive back's chest there are going to be times where he's overthrowing the football there's going to be times where there's really no balance between the running back and the and the, you know throwing the football and running the football I, I think you're going to go through this wave of inconsistencies I think get, don't get me wrong I think there's going to be far more good but I also think that there is a lot of players on this team that have yet to play at the speed necessary for the NFL. And so, you know, you hear this term a lot, and I think this is a great term, you know, playing fast or being more comfortable. You know, it's kind of like, you know, and I think you can apply this to anything in general. 
I mean, let's take this podcast. You know, if if I was setting up this podcast for the very first time today, you know, I, I don't know what the software is. I don't know what, what wires to plug into where or how I should be delivering or utilizing the microphone. But I've done this a billion times. So all I got to do is just plug stuff in. It just comes to me naturally. And, and boom, I'm recording within one minute. You know, football's the same way, you know, and I know that's a dumbed down analogy, but it really is the case with the idea that you are more familiar, your understanding of the cadences of Drew Locke, your, your routes are a lot crisper, you know exactly where to be, when, things get a little bit more faster the longer you're in the league. While you're going through those motions of you know, learning the speed of the NFL, learning how cornerbacks like to attack you, and, and then starting to learn how to counter, you know, now you you have this, this opportunity to, um, you know, really show yourself as a NFL pro, but things are coming too quickly for you to consume and then react to all at once. And so you have to go through it a couple times. I think we saw this very clearly with Noah Fant last year. You know, the tight end is a very difficult position to learn in the NFL. This is a position that demands you to learn two positions, basically, offensive line and receiver. And this is also a football player who is coming from a, a background of being a major receiving threat. And look, being able to block, but... Blocking in the NFL is a whole nother story. I mean, it, you know, you when you're trying to block Khalil Mack and, you know, some of these dominant pass rushers, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is, we ain't in college anymore. We ain't in Kansas no more, Toto. This is crazy. So, you know, I, I think you saw Noah Fant go through these ups and downs. Now, I'll be truly honest with you, I think the offense kind of threw him under the bus a couple times, particularly when they lined him up one-on-one in blocking situations against Khalil Mack. Well, what do you expect the kid to do? You know, he's not going to win that. But that's that's another story for another podcast. That's the past. But the point being is that you also saw flashes of him, too, in the receiving game, you know, in the Cleveland game where he took the football and, you know, yards after catch, we always talk about that yak number, kind of holding the ball like it's a, a loaf of bread and, you know, busting down the field, you know, you could see that explosiveness. You know, the Tennessee game where, you know, he kind of became an outlet player for Drew Locke when things broke down. You see the flashes of potential. And I think that's where, if you're a Denver fan, you're excited with the idea that, look, this this offense, we all can't be Patrick Mahomes, all right? We all can't have the flavor of the month that, you know, everybody's looking to replicate it. Everybody's looking for their own Patrick Mahomes. You know, remember when two years ago, everybody was looking for their Sean McVay? Same deal. Patrick Mahomes is a special player. Until you know. Patrick Holmes is a generational, doesn't come around the block often type player. You know, his his mind is so much more uh, polished. Uh, just it, it, everything in general about him is just everything you've ever wanted in a quarterback, and that's why they won the Super Bowl, and that's why they're going to win multiple Super Bowls, quite frankly, under Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if Drew Locke's there yet. I don't know if Drew Locke will ever get there. But what I can say is that I do believe that this offense can move the football with him at the quarterback position and with all the 
great talent that is going to be surrounding him, you know, maybe he doesn't have to be great, but maybe he is terrific. You know, it's like it's just gauging the expectations. Maybe he's not shattering records, but boy, if he's throwing for 4,000, 4,200 yards and, you know, 35, 40 touchdowns every single year, gosh, you take that every single year from the quarterback position. I mean, that's big production. You know, maybe it's not the monumental earth-shattering numbers, but it's the franchise quarterback numbers that can win you a Super Bowl. So I think if you're Denver, you're going to see Drew Locke also improve, but still deal with these rookie woes, right? You know, like the kids only started five games, okay? This is basically the rookie year for him. He's got to learn to work with his new rookie wide receiver, Jerry Judy, on a very intimate and, and personal level on the football field because he is a a direct option for Drew Locke on just about every play. You know, I mean, you're basically looking Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. He's also looking at new tight ends, Albert Okawebna, Nick Vanette, and quite frankly, still trying to find that chemistry with Noah Fant as Noah Fant grows as a player. He's got a new running back in the backfield in Melvin Gordon. So I, I think when it comes to this offense, you obviously say that the left tackle position is a major weakness, but I'm going to point out the team in general and their youth with the idea that, look, and and maybe you could actually argue that this is a bit of a nice weakness to have because I think this kind of weakness in youth and lack of experience also tells you that you've got something here. You've got something that you can grasp to and say, boy, we like this core a lot. Let's just ride out the kind of, you know, learning process. You know, the understanding that these guys have got to screw up, okay, to find success later. You have to go through the agony of defeat to experience the thrill of victory. And Bronco fans should know that most because they went through the agony of defeat in 2013 only to learn from that, build a defense, and experience the thrill of victory in 2015. So on offense, I think it's very much youth inexperience. I think you're going to say, and I've said this on the podcast before, one year away. I think 2020 is going to be the year where we say they're one year away. Left tackle position, obviously a problem. And in one year, could very well fix that as well, too. It's a Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at DraftKings. DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio, on Twitter. All right, second part of the podcast that I want to get to is the defensive side of things. And one weakness on defense, because and, and let's talk really quick about you know, what this Denver team did on defense this year. You you bring in Jarrell Casey on a trade that essentially you just lose the money off of. They had a lot of money to burn. It's a great deal for the Denver Broncos. Casey's going to come into the middle and just be terrific. I actually think this is the best offseason pickup Denver actually made. You also made a trade for A.J. Boye, kind of same deal. Burn a bunch of cash, uh, real cheap investment on a draft pick. A.J. Boye coming in at the corner position. And I suppose you could make an argument that you were acquiring Bryce Callahan because is Bryce Callahan even a real person? I mean, have you actually seen Bryce Callahan in a room actually there? Does he even exist? He did not show up last year. Uh, This was a guy who, you know, and look, to no fault of his own, had the injury issue, real unfortunate. The hope is that this guy is fully healthy, you know, but, but the problem with, 
and and this is where my point goes for the weaknesses. It goes to the cornerback room because we just don't know what Bryce Callahan's going to give you. We just don't know. And that is where, and, and maybe there's a bit of a pro to saying this with the idea that you kind of know what you're getting from the rest of the units. You know you're going to have a solid pass rush with the linebackers. You know you've actually got some short up pieces in the middle uh, with Alexander Johnson. And, and look, Todd Davis, he's not a bad player. He's not a great player, but he's a, he's a solid linebacker in the middle. You know you're going to get good push up front with uh, Shelby Harris and Jarrell Casey. You know you're going to get great safety play from arguably a top five safety tandem in Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. The one position that you don't know about is corner. And, and again, for many of the reasons that I listed, Bryce Callahan, I'm sorry. You just don't know what you're getting. The guy sat out the entire year last year. A.J. Boye, I think you're going to get a player who is going to be a, a hair above what Chris Harris Jr. was last year. But I, I wonder if Bronco fans have this expectation that he comes in as the just bona fide number one, shut down the other wide receiver. Like, that's not who A.J. Boye is. And I really hope Bronco fans understand that immediately because if they don't, they may find themselves with buyer's remorse really early in the season if, you know, these wide receivers are going off on them and, you know, Stefan Diggs catches a bunch of passes or, you know, um, Williams or Gronk or whoever, whoever he's covering, you know, and, and this is where I think Vic Fangio is going to have to get really creative with how he does this defense because I don't think you can just put A.J. Boye on an island and just hope, you know, that he doesn't allow anything. You know, he shuts down the opposition's number one. I I just don't think that's A.J. Boye's game anymore. You know, I, I think A.J. Boye is, is kind of teetering between one and two. He is bona fide one of the best number two corners you could ever have. But number one, you're like, it'll work, but it's not the best option possible. Now, those who listen to this podcast will know that I've been very consistent in this and saying I really didn't think Chris Harris Jr. was very good last year. And, and quite frankly, he uh, kind of agreed with me because when he talked about the Pro Bowl and him not making it, he said, I didn't deserve it. So I think there's a bit of an upgrade over Chris Harris Jr.'s play from last year, but I don't know really how much. It's not leaps and bounds. I think it's a little bit more baby steps. I think you're going to see a, a player who may improve just solely because he's back in a scheme that really kind of fits his style and he thrived under in the past. Again, kind of going back to that being able to play fast, being able to play comfortable. That's what A.J. Boye can do now because he knows he knows what Vic Fangio is trying to do. He understands what Vic Fangio wants and their connections in the past. So I, I think you're going to see a, a cornerback who is solid, but I wonder if the expectation is going to be for him to be great. You know, shut down the opposition's wide receiver number one. I just don't know if that's what you should expect. So you talk about that, coupled with the fact that Bryce Callahan didn't play last year. Uh, I really don't know what you're getting in Isaac Adam. I, you know, I, and I think a lot of individuals are willing to give Isaac Adam this second chance, you know, with another year of experience. But I really don't know if this is a player who can be trusted upon 
to deliver for the Denver Broncos. Now, they did have some nice pieces step up in Devontae Bosby and Devontae Harris. Harris kind of trailed off towards the end of the year, but Bosby was doing very well before the injury. These guys may end up playing major roles for this team if Michael Ojemunia, the third-round draft pick, needs more time than expected. A lot of people believe Michael Ojemudia was a day three pick. Denver ends up picking him in day two as one of their higher day two picks. And look, I, I will say this to start. If there was ever somebody to evaluate the cornerback position, it's Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio. So I'm going to trust those guys when I say that. Now, that being said, we also said that last year about Devin Bush and how if there was ever a guy to evaluate a linebacker, it's Vic Fangio, so let's trust him in regards to passing on Devin Bush. Now, I'm not saying passing on Devin Bush was the right or wrong option. My point being is that Devin Bush is a player. He is a player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Vic Fangio said in his news conference with the media, it was at the head coaching summit down in Arizona. This was uh, the February before last year's draft. He said Devin Bush was not up to that Roquan Smith type player caliber. And I think in year one, it's pretty clear that he actually is. So we've said that before, and I want that to be clear because you know, I don't want to just blow smoke up people's butts and say, oh, just trust Vic Fangio with 100% you know, confidence. But if there was a guy to evaluate the cornerbacks, isn't it Fangio? Isn't it Donatel? Like, who's to say what a great cornerback looks like outside of the guys who were literal gurus for this? So I, I am interested in seeing Michael Ojemudia play. I did not like the pick, to be truly honest, uh, when they first made the pick. I understand why they made the pick, though. I, I just would have liked to see somebody like you know Jalen Johnson, Trayvon Diggs, maybe selected in that second round instead of Hamler. Then you take the wide receiver where you took Ojemudia, and I still feel good about the wide receiver room, and now I feel much better about the cornerback room versus a very moot feeling right now between, well, maybe not even moot. I mean, we're listing them as one of the weakness. Quite frankly, if, if I'm listing them as one of the weakness, maybe it's more than moot. Maybe it's the idea that, look, this could be a big problem for the Denver Broncos because while getting pressure on the quarterback is a big deal and they got some great safeties who can really spread the field out, the idea that this cornerback room, if they can't win one-on-one battles or at least make it tough for the opposition's wide receivers, now we're looking at shootouts for the rest of the year and we're saying, okay, who can get to 30 first? And, you know, when you when you have a Denver team that is so young on offense, we talked about these, you know, consistency problems that I expect this year. Hey, maybe you hit. And then maybe some games where the offense just, dirtles around and scores 14-17 and you lose 30-17 to because you had a couple corners who just simply couldn't cover on the outside and you had an offense that was sputtering in consistency. So uh, certainly, look, there's a lot of time left. I think training camp's really going to reveal a lot of the potential sore spots for this Denver team. But the way I look at it right now, I am looking at it and saying, okay, well, I'm not in love with the corner room and I'm not in love. Actually, quite frankly, I just don't like the left tackle position, but I'm a little worried about the youth and the inconsistency problem 
this year. But again, as they grow, that's the beautiful thing. And this is why I believe uh, there is some validity to the idea of somebody who is growing into their prime or at least somebody who's a rookie going into year two and three with the idea that maybe they just don't get better physically or, you know, whatever, but mentally above the head, they've seen things before. So it allows you to play faster. So naturally, yes, you should have a little bit of a leg up on year two and three versus year one. So certainly something to think about, but I think those are the two major weaknesses, the left tackle position and the cornerback position with a hair of a worry on the offense in general as they're so young and uh, inexperienced. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends at DraftKings. It's DraftKings uh, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Go check out the app with promo code MHS. A lot of great stuff going on with DraftKings. And, of course, look, sports coming back online. NHL Stanley Cup, NBA have a, a, play to, a plan to play program. Soccer, golf, UFC, NASCAR, a lot of great stuff that you can bet on. Uh, make sure to go check it out with our friends at DraftKings and promo code MHS. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and, of course, hit the five-star in the many different locations that you can find this podcast, whether it be Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or MileHighSports.com. A lot of great stuff going on at MileHighSports.com and, of course, our magazine as well, too. If you want to subscribe to the magazine, please go check that out one more time for the archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast. That's Mile High Sports. My name is Ronnie Court. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, you can follow on Twitter. And hey, if you have a question about the Broncos or anything like that, I'll be covering the Broncos one more time this year for Mile High Sports. So we'll be at training camp, assuming there is one, and assuming we're even allowed in. We'll be at the games, assuming we're allowed in. It's a weird time, man. Weird times with this uh, coronavirus. But hopefully you are staying safe. Wash your hands. And uh, you know what? Probably doesn't hurt to wear a mask. I've been, I know I've been trying to wear my mask as best as possible. I know a lot of us have kind of loosened up on that. But, hey, you know what? If you can, wear a mask. Stay safe. We appreciate you. MileHighSports.com for all archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.